Here's the title of my message today. The title is this, The Holy Spirit is for you. The Holy Spirit is for you. And I want to encourage you with what has happened since the day Jesus ascended. And this is uh, the first Sunday of Epiphany, which is something that the church worldwide recognizes. And Epiphany is this. It's when the gospel, the message of Jesus Christ was was taken to the Gentiles. And that's, just in case you don't know, Gentiles are non-Jewish people. So every ethnic group that is not Jewish is a Gentile. And Jesus, his gospel was for the Gentile, Gentiles, it's for everyone. And that specifically is, is identified uh, through the coming of the Magi. We call them the three kings. There may have been more than three kings. And so we'll get into all of that in just a few minutes, but but let me tell you something that happened to me uh, through this church like 12 years ago. 12 years ago, I came to this church as senior pastor, and I brought a church plant with me. So it was kind of like a blended family. You know, it was two different families becoming one family. You had one church that had a pastor, me. You had another church that had a great building that you're sitting in right now, or if you're watching right now, that we're all sitting in. Uh, and so that was a cool time, but as as uh, often happens, you know, there was a little bit of uh, suspicion, you know, like, like what, what has happened? Actually, I got my years off. It's 14 years ago. It was 2008. So 14 years ago, my goodness. Uh, so there was like this suspicion as everyone's like, who are these people taking over the building? And, and then others of us are like, where are we and how did this happen? And most people just got over that the first week. But the teenagers especially the, the teenagers that were attached to the building had a hard time accepting all of the others. Who are these other people here? And so that just lasted a few weeks because a few weeks uh, into my pastorate, one morning I went outside and my car was covered with shaving cream and it was covered with toilet paper. And I'm like, this hasn't happened to me in years. What in the world? And there was... Uh, there was a note that said, welcome to the family, the CIL youth group. And so that was, I guess, my initiation. Their suspicion was over and I was in. It's interesting how, how different groups have kind of these either formal or informal ways of knowing that you're in. I have some pastor friends who um, they're part of a religious order, a Christian order, and they, they have special rings that say they're in that kind of order. I've never been in anything that nice to, to get a ring for. Uh, but there's, there's different ways that we're identified and it can be something physical or it could be something, uh, you know, something a little bit different social cohesion that says, hey, you're in the group now. And when I think about our faith and we know that we spring from Judaism and so that, that we know that, we, I mean, most of our Bible, the Old Testament is, is about the Jews and their development. Then Jesus came as the son of God, as God himself in the flesh. And Jesus just messed up everything. That's what he did. Jesus messed up everything. And then Peter, Paul, John, had, and the rest of the, the writers of the New Testament have been explaining all that Jesus did. And so Jesus turned things upside down in a good way. And the big issue that is probably relevant to most of us who are hearing this sermon. I know that there probably are some Jewish people uh, watching or maybe in this room, but I would guess 
just from demographic knowledge that most of us are Gentile. And we take for granted that we were once on the outside, but through Jesus, we're on the inside. We, we were once not part of the family, but we've been adopted in and we've been grafted in. And this message has great relevancy, not just to us, but the whole world. And I want you to see how powerful and loving our Jesus is, is that Jesus is for the whole world. So we're going to look at some scriptures that churches all over the world are looking at today. And here's my point of my sermon today. How do we know Jesus is for the whole world? There's, there could be several reasons, but I'm just going to give you one today. We know Jesus is for the whole world because of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit has been given to all flesh and to all people. And so my first point today is this. Jesus sends the Spirit. Jesus sends the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is important for many, many reasons. I mean, right, I could do like a a 15-week, 20-week. I could preach the whole year on the Holy Spirit because he's part of the Godhead. But I want you to see today that the giving of the Holy Spirit to non-Jewish people is an indicator that God has a plan for the whole world, that he loves all people, and that we can see that by the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in Scripture, and then we can see, see it if we open our eyes to what God is doing all around the world, even this day. So Luke chapter 3, starting with verse 15. Now the people were waiting expectantly, and all of them were questioning in their hearts whether John might be the Messiah. That's John the Baptist. And John, John the Baptist, answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I am coming, I'm not worthy to untie the strap of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So John's saying there's, there's a baptism of water that I'm giving you, but there's one greater that's coming to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And this is really the introduction of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is all through the Old Testament, but, but people still saw the Holy Spirit only on occasions and on special impartations and to special people. But John the Baptist is now cluing us in and he's saying, someone greater than me is coming. He, being Jesus, is going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Jesus baptizes Christians in the Holy Spirit. Jesus gives the Holy Spirit to all believers. All believers who have Jesus have the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Jesus is a manifestation of the Father. But be very clear about this. This is one of the reasons we made a confession before communion. Wherever Jesus is, so is the Holy Spirit. You don't get Jesus when you say a prayer in the Holy Spirit later. You get all of the Godhead, the fullness of God, when you receive Christ. And then as we walk with Christ, we have experiences with him that continue to fill us. Here's the next point I want to make as we journey through Luke chapter 3. Jesus walked with the Spirit. So there is something very different about Jesus' ministry when the Holy Spirit came about him. Now, Jesus baptized in, was, was baptized in water. And I, I, I know this from Scripture. Every Christian 
in Scripture, after they heard the gospel, were baptized in water. The exception would be maybe the thief on the cross. And so we know that, that baptism in water is not, is not a work that gets you into heaven. But every single person who believes in Jesus Christ has been and should be baptized in water. That's why January 23rd is such an important day for us here at this church. It's the day that we're setting up the baptistry. We set up a baptistry for those of you in the room right here to your left. And you know, we would do that at any time someone wanted to be baptized. But we have certain dates of the year that we say, okay, if we can have everyone do it on this day, that just helps pragmatically. We already have two who have signed up to be baptized. I'm believing today for more. I, I believe that God wants you to obey him. God wants you to step into that. You, you, you read the scripture as you read the New Testament this year. You will see how important water baptism is. And this isn't a sermon about water baptism. But it is a call, a pastoral call to follow and obey the Lord in water baptism. Not so you'll be saved, but because you are saved. Right? And we, there's a yes in our heart. It's like, yes, Jesus has done for me what I can't do for myself. And he set an example of baptism. And he, he commanded his believers to go baptize people everywhere they went. So I'm going to be baptized. And so praise God. I hope that that's one of the works of the Lord this very morning. And so you can register for that at church center. You can talk to me, Pastor Jacob. He's, he's here in the front row. Wave your hand, Jacob. He's someone you could grab after service and you could talk to him about that also. So now back to the scripture. Jesus also was baptized. That's verse 21 of, of, of uh, Luke chapter three. And as he was praying, here we see the Trinity, heaven opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in a physical appearance like a dove and a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son with you. I am well pleased. We see father, son, and spirit working together. One God hero Israel. The Lord, our God is one, but the mystery of him being one is he is father, son, and the Holy spirit. And from that moment forward, the spirit was, was with Jesus in a manifest way that people could see. So this launched Jesus's ministry. And this three years that he declared the kingdom of God is here. And then we know that the kingdom of God has been inaugurated and it's been here since Jesus's ministry began. And we see an increase of his kingdom as we walk with Jesus. We see an increase of his kingdom as the Holy Spirit fills us. We see an increase of his kingdom when the stuff Jesus did happens among us because it is a foretaste of what's going to happen when we're with the Lord. This is good news today. From this moment forward, Jesus walked with the Holy Spirit. Now he's an example to us. If Jesus walked with the Holy Spirit, guess what? So should we. So should we. That's why the Holy Spirit's for you. The Holy Spirit's for you uh, because I'm assuming most of you are Gentiles and you're going to see that today. That's letting you know you're in. You've been inaugurated. You've been initiated. You, you, you have the same gift of the Holy Spirit that, that the Jewish people have. And so it is not now just a story. It's a reality in your life. So I've said, I made the point. Let's go to number three. I'll say it again. Jesus gave the Spirit to the Gentiles. This is what we're celebrating during the season of Epiphany, that the gospels for every nation, tongue, and tribe. Jesus is not just for Europeans. 
Jesus is not just for North Americans. In fact, the gospel of Jesus Christ is growing uh, rapidly in South America. It's growing rapidly in West Africa. I know that we bemoan maybe church participation now. We're like, oh man, things are getting really bad in America. And, And I could agree with you. But the spirit of God is not losing Uh, The Southern Hemisphere is seeing rapid growth of Christianity. Unlike anything anyone predicted, we are in the middle of the greatest revival. And we have a short-sighted, a small scope that we just can see our church and our neighborhood and our city. But globally, the gospel of Jesus Christ is advancing with the speed that it never has before in the day that you're alive. And we praise God for that. And what the United Kingdom and the United States of America have done to send missionaries around the world. We've got good seed. Good seed has been, been planted and fruit is coming back to us because this global movement is, is people responding to God's call to missions and, and specifically in England and the United Kingdom and in the United States of America. So we praise God for that. So now we go to Matthew chapter two, because this is what the church celebrates today. This is this seems like just like a fun, cute little story, but it was a it was a world changing event that has impacted us here in Hendersonville this morning. Matthew chapter two, verse one and two. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising and we've come to worship him. So there's different gospel accounts of this happening in in Mark and in Luke, I mean, excuse me, in Luke specifically, uh, not Mark. But we we know here, we we can just confer here, we can just conclude here that there was a divine revelation of magi rulers you know we call them three kings but there was more uh, likely more we 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 don't know for sure the, these these leaders from another land by revelation were sent Jerus- to Jerusalem to see the king the king of the messiah the the spirit of god must have revealed to them we'll find out all in heaven how that happened and revealed himself to them and they came signifying that Jesus changes everything. This movement to reach the Gentiles, which is impacting you this day, which is why you were able to come to the table of the Lord, which is why you're able to feel his presence when we worship. That's why you can have confidence that your destiny is in heaven and that you have a future with the Lord. The the birthing place of this can go back to this story of epiphany, a movement of Jesus that says, I'm not just here for one tribe, the Jewish tribe, I'm here for the entire world. And so the book of Acts talks about this a lot, but we're gonna look at just one passage in Acts. I wanna remind you of something uh, before we go there. In Acts chapter two, the Holy Spirit was given to people who spoke all these different languages, but they were all Jewish people. So there were Jews from different parts of the world. So. The day of Pentecost, Acts chapter two, was a Jewish outpouring of the spirit. 
But you can write this down because we're not going to look at all of these passages. But Acts chapter 8 and then also in Acts chapter 10 and in Acts chapter 19. So 8, 10, and 19. The Holy Spirit was given to non-Jewish people. And that's why we're enjoying the Lord today. We're going to look at one example of this in Acts chapter 8 today. Again, you can find it in Acts 8, 8, 10, and 19. But here we are in Acts chapter 8 today. Starting with verse 14. When the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God. And let me just say something about the Samaritans. You may have heard this before, but it is historically true. The Jews despised the Samaritans. And, and they, they despised the Samaritans because the Samaritans took some of the roots of Judaism and mixed them with the religions of the area. And so it wasn't just that they rejected God's way, they actually polluted God's way. But there was this, this probably known tendency to want to exclude them. And there was this idea, this racial superiority that the Jews had, particularly to the Samaritans. We know this, that racism is, is this idea of superiority, but usually racism is, is more impacted by a particular group. You know, there's like, well, I really don't like them. That's part of the evil one's work. And I would suggest that this was exactly what was the case with the Samaritans. They were despised by the Jews. So let me read verse 14 again. When the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they had become believers. They sent Peter and John to them. And after they went down there, they prayed for them so that the the Samaritans may receive the Holy Spirit because it had not yet come down on any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then Peter and John laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, this is an historical account of how the Holy Spirit was given. The rest of the New Testament talks about that infilling of the Holy Spirit as just an, an accepted reality. But we do see patterns here. And the, and the pattern I want you to see most of all today for this teaching is that the Holy Spirit confirmed the word of God. The Holy Spirit confirmed the gospel message. The Holy Spirit confirmed that these Samaritans who believed in Jesus were accepted and approved by God. These ethically, uh, ethnically despised people by the Jews were now accepted by the God of the Jews. And this is a powerful statement in our lives because this is why the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives is so important because it's a confirmation of the work of God. The Holy Spirit is not just a style. Like, oh, hey, that church is into the Holy Spirit and that church is not. And, you know, I'm I'm an emotive person. So I want to go to a church that's into the Holy Spirit. But no, I'm an intellectual person. So I want to go to a church that, that doesn't talk about the Holy Spirit. We are not biblically able to categorize things like that because the Holy Spirit is a gift given to us confirming the work of Jesus in us. It's confirming the salvation we've received. It's giving us confidence. I mean, one of the reasons, not the only reason, but one of the reasons that I have confidence this thing is true and I've got confidence that we're not making up something and I have confidence that we're walking the ways of the Lord is because I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. And, I, and I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Someone gave me one of the best compliments. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm, 
I'm treading thin ice because I don't want to sound like I'm bragging. I want to give the Lord glory for this. But, but someone told me once, and they said, Aaron, when you preach, I can really feel that you believe what you're saying. You're not just saying stuff. You really believe it. And, and it was very humbling for me to hear that. And let me tell you why I believe it. It's because it's the Holy Spirit who has filled me. It's not because I'm intellectually superior. It's not because I had a better family background. It's not because I'm more, uh, you know, that I'm better studied. It's not those things. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that confirms the work of Jesus, that makes the word of God, not just something I read, but something that impacts my life. And so I'm, I'm, I'm wanting you to see this, that just as he confirmed the word to the Samaritans, and then he did, he did the same to Cornelius in Acts 10, and he did the same uh, to, to in Ephesus in Acts 19, to non-Jewish people. He's done it to you. He's done it to you. When you have felt the presence of the Lord, when you've been aware of the touch of God, when you know that God has given you that certain scripture at just the right time, when you were really down and you turned on the radio and there was a worship song that made you connect with the presence of the Lord. When you were discouraged and someone came and they gave you a hug and they looked you in the eye and they said something that went straight to your spirit. That's not just people being nice. That's the Holy Spirit of God who has filled them and who has confirmed his work in you. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's the last thing I want to share with you. Jesus' people, that's us, receive the fullness of the Spirit. Jesus' people receive the fullness of the Spirit. Now, here's a, here's a couple of interesting scriptures in Acts, and this is not a comprehensive teaching. This is just where the scriptures took me today. Again, these are scriptures that believers all over the world are looking at today, and this is where the teaching went. Acts chapter 11, starting with verse 19. This is an interesting passage that will conclude with a great conclusion. Now, those who had been scattered as a result of persecution. Now, let that just sit, sit with you for a second. Those who had been scattered as a result of persecution that started speaking because of Stephen made their way as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, who came to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks also, proclaiming the good news about the Lord Jesus Christ. They're like, hey, this is not just for the Jews. It's for the Greeks too. And then, now, verse 21, the Lord's hand was with them, and a large number who believed turned to the Lord. And news about them reached the church in Jerusalem. And so they sent out Barnabas to travel as far as Antioch, which is now in modern-day Turkey, the southern part of modern-day Turkey. And when they arrived and saw the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged all of them to remain true to the Lord with devoted hearts. For he was a good man, now I want you to see this in verse 24, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a large number of people were added to the Lord. So, so simplifying this, simplifying a summary of doctrine, all Christians have the Holy Spirit. All believers have the Holy Spirit. But when we're full of the Holy Spirit, we overflow with what we're full of. If you're full of anger, you're gonna overflow with anger. If you're full of bitterness, you're gonna overflow with bitterness. 
If you're full of hate, you're going to overflow with hate. If you're full of prejudice, you're going to overflow with prejudice. If you're full of the Holy Spirit, watch what happens in the overflow. I'll tell you what happens. People get saved. People get touched by the Lord. Churches get started. The kingdom of God advanced. And, hey, that's for you guys. That's not for you to watch happen up here with Aubrey or Josh Johnson or me. That's for all of us. We're all called to have the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And this is a sign of what Jesus has done for us. It's a sign that Jesus is for the whole world. Here's the last scripture that I want to share with you. And Josh, you can make your way up here, Josh Johnson. When the, when the, now, Acts 13, when the Gentiles heard this, they rejoiced and honored the word of the Lord. And all who had appointed to eternal life believed. There's a lot to unpack there. The word of the Lord began to spread through the region. But the Jews incited the prominent God-fearing women and leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their district. Now, here, this is where we just shrink. We're like, oh, no, persecution. They're not, they're not into Jesus. Oh, no, what are we going to do? We would all shrink. I probably would. Verse 51. But Paul and Barnabas shook the dust off their feet against them and went to Iconium and 52. And the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. I wanted to share this scripture. This is simultaneously reinforcing that Jesus is for us and those of us who are Gentiles. Jesus is for the whole world. But I also want you to see that even in persecution, the believers were filled with the Spirit. And that is your call. You're called to be filled with the Spirit. There's spillover in your life. And we're going to ask for the fullness of the Holy Spirit together. Come on, let's stand up together. Let's stand if you're able to. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you chose Abraham's family. And Lord, we honor that, that seed of Abraham. We honor, we thank you for our Jewish brothers and sisters. We thank you for our Messiah who came from them. Lord, we bless your name. We pray blessings over Jerusalem, even present day Jerusalem. We speak blessings over the land of what we now call Israel. And we thank you, God. We thank you for those people. We, we bind the spirit of anti-Semitism that can just lurk in our hearts, Lord. And we pray that it has no place in our lives. But Lord, as those of us who are Gentiles, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. We don't take for granted for the Holy Spirit. I, I think one of the things the Lord just wants to do to us just as a church and pastorally, I want to say is some of us are so familiar with the gospel and so familiar with the Holy Spirit. We just take it for granted. We're like, hey, I grew up in America, I grew up in the South and we're just Christian people. And we take for granted the original story that God chose you. He chose to graft your family in. He chose whatever ethnic tribes you can identify, whatever those are for you. Maybe you don't even know what those are, but there's somewhere, there's some kind of lineage or some kind of history. And Jesus in his love looked upon the whole planet earth 
and said, I have a heart for all of them. I'm calling my sons and daughters from the north, south, east, west to the place that I've established, the throne room of God. This is our inheritance. How do we know we have the Lord? There's many ways we know we have the Lord. But one of the ways we know the whole, we, we have the Lord and the assurance of salvation is the Holy Spirit of God. And so we want to just pray one of the ancient prayers that the church has prayed since its beginning from Scripture. But it's just been a simple prayer. It says, just come, Holy Spirit. And I just want us to pray. I want you to just give you a a posture to, to, to just pray that right now. And this is a good thing to pray. And just just pray, come, Holy Spirit. Just come, Holy Spirit. Lord, we just welcome you in this place. We welcome you in our lives right now. We welcome you. We welcome your refreshing. We welcome your direction. Thank you, Holy Spirit.